0: This is Jeff Rantner, and I never listen to the Order 66 podcast. And I'll blast the first nerf herder who says otherwise.
1: This is Darth Prefect, the Sith Hitchhiker, and now that I've gotten my 15 minutes of internet fame, I'll never have to listen to the Order 66 podcast ever again. So long, and thanks for all the fish.
2: your, your gamers role execute order
3: 66 Greetings Gamer Nation. We are 2 days late, but we are here and alive. And I am still a little bit in the doghouse, but doghouse is getting smaller as we speak. This is Tuesday, December the 9th, 2008, and you are here for number 45, episode 45 of the Order 66 podcast. I'm GM Dave.
4: What is up, Gamer Nation? It is I, a very sick GM Chris. I feel this chest cold coming onto me full force So I will apologize ahead of time If I uh, have a pause as I'm hastily Attempting to mute my mic while I hack Sneeze or otherwise cough So there
3: That would be even better if you did like a booger dump right on the TV
4: Hey man, those people in the chat room Right now could see it
3: They could, that's what I'm saying Splatter
4: it right over, bah, right on there Just a big loogie shot
3: Big loogie shot
4: I love it.
3: <laughs> that would be tremendously huge. So we have a great show for you guys lined up tonight. Pretty decent. Here again, it is a couple of days late. And and thank you to the chat room for showing up. There's only a dozen or so of you in there. But hey, you know, it's a Tuesday night. No one expected the Spanish Inquisition yet again. Word. Yep. But we're here Word. and we're ready You're to up. go. it's
2: it's alive <laughs>
4: i have created life in the form of rfh <laughs> radio free Hamlet lives boys and girls uh, our big hearts and condolences go out to dm tim who has been extremely ill over the past several weeks we're just now getting back in the saddle
0: and the RFH
4: crew has a new cast forthcoming. So it, we are waited with bated breath.
3: It was It's scurvy. From what I understand, it was scurvy.
4: <laughs> you see, Tim, I've told you about vitamin C. You need more of it, and this is why.
3: Yep. Oh, hold on. First interruption. Pizza dude's here. Oh. Okay, I'm back. See you again in mir- the miracle of podcast land. It wasn't even a break. But
4: well, What kind of pizza was it?
3: Uh, it is a pepperoni and ground beef on thin crispy crusts. But more importantly, chocolate dunkers for Taylor.
4: Ah. She said so since, your, your daughter must have the chocolate. See. Yeah.
3: Well, since she just did so well on Sunday at the uh, Olympic development thing, she did really, really well, and so she said, "My reward is that I should get pizza and chocolate dunkers tonight." Huh. And so. That's a good uh, reward for a footballer. I um, uh, I uh, resisted only. T- I only put up token resistance, and then when the, once I got my hug and please. I gave in, so there you go.
4: Most dads do. That's just kind of how it rolls. That's you how know. it is,
3: especially, I know. Thanks.
4: Well, moving on.
3: We were, what were we talking about? We were, talking we were about rejoicing that
4: RFH is along the living.
3: It is, by golly, and that's right. DM Tim re- uh, got over his uh, syphilis, and uh, we're good.
4: <laughs> God. Uh, I seriously doubt DM Kate would appreciate it.
3: Oh, sorry. Well, you know, she's got the herp, so it doesn't matter.
4: Oh, does she now? Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. Yeah, DM Tim is almost as big as you, Dave. Bigger now. He's he's probably going to, you know. Not anymore,
3: beach. dude. I'm, I'm way smaller than he is now.
4: I know. You've lost a lot of weight, dude. hundred
3: pounds. hundred pounds, chat room. How about that?
4: Since when? When did you start? March. March. Jesus. Uh, I left my bumper.
3: Drink. Oh, my, my bed. I let my bed expire. That's okay. Well, let's move on. All right. Let's move on.
4: Let's move on to the next podcast in our back <laughs> per-
3: <laughs> Fiddleback says, i going to the doghouse with yet another female.
4: Uh, yeah, that's, that's going not work. That's where, man, you're good. You're good at that, I swear.
3: Hey, I'm good like that.
4: Pretty creepy. You know what else you're good at?
3: I'm making you look short.
4: Yeah, you do that too. But you also uh, are really good at podcasting, and uh, you've got a podcast on our wonderful website right now called The Holocron that you make with our good uh, friend, Mostly
3: Joe. The Holocron. Uh, three episodes are up. Uh, we're going to be doing another one next weekend as we go to a monthly kind of a thing. Yeah. So yeah, we'll and have another Holocron for you guys next week.
4: And you guys can find all those episodes right now at d20radio.com.
3: d20radio.com And I'll tell you what else you can find at d20radio.com. Which what can you find? Only the most astute of, uh, of observers will have seen. Those would be two additional links on the right-hand side under the podcast section. One would be entitled Game On. This is going to be a podcast with, oh, Lord, now I've forgotten. This is Fiddleback doing a podcast. And it's board gaming, and it's video gaming, and it's just juicy goodness and stuff, you know?
4: Everything I like besides role-playing
3: games. It is, yeah. Yeah, probably a little well, bit. Of they're going to have some RPG stuff in there too. And right below it, you will see. Meanwhile, the super-powered gaming podcast. Oh, run by I'm our friend mostly Joe. So we've got two more gaming podcasts popping up. They're a little bit different, so they do have their own space. They will both be hosted here on Order Six on uh, D20 Radio, and they will have their own forums up, just momentarily at uh, order66, v20radio.com slash forum. I have no idea why I keep saying order66. I don't know either. I don't know either. stupid that way. Anyway, Game On is scheduled for their first show tomorrow. That's oh, going to be episode it, it, zero. It'll be their pilot, so I don't know if we'll ever put it on the air or not, but hey, it'll probably be good enough to where it will be if, uh, <laughs> you know. Hey, Fiddleback's Dave, production Dave. value is great.
4: It is, and we have never, have, having a poor podcast has never stopped us from putting it on the air. Before.
3: Hell yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. And while you're at the D
4: twenty radio site, click on the other link, the one at the top, the one that says D twenty radio swag. Because you know you want it. D twenty radio t-shirts, RFH and Order Sixty Six Podcast T-shirts. Declare your membership in the Gamer Nation to Planet. Heck. Yeah. Best way possible. T-shirts. Right. And lastly, juicy bits of web goodness. Eric Cagle, the mighty Cagle, hits us up yet again with another Bounty Posting. Bounty Postings 5 is now available from Wizards of the Coast and provides us with all the grisly details and stats for the most dangerous Duros on Terrace. Mika Hozard, leader of the Blood Tax. Gang leader, crime lord, self-described bandit king. Hozard is a nasty CL-10 that can serve as an amazing BBEG in any era or any situation. Uh, He's got an amazing backstory, though. I mean, the article is just fantastically written. Yep. And uh, you can find it right now at www.wizards.com forward slash Star Wars.
3: Yeah. All right. So everybody run right out and watch Mika Hakanen. Mika Hakanen.
4: What is that? What do you
3: think? Mika Hakanen. Formula Mika One. Hocken? Formula One.
4: Oh, yeah. See, I don't, I don't watch this That's, like. You
3: more know, guys driving around in, well, they very rarely go in circles. They go, you know. Left and right, both. I
4: will right. say, I will say, I like Formula One a heck of a lot more than I like NASCAR, mostly because it's exciting. They're not, they're not just taking, you know, left
3: turns. Left turn,
4: yeah, pretty much.
3: So. Left turn,
4: left turn, left turn.
3: All right, so you went to your mailbox, and uh, I did. Yep.
4: Well, uh, I got, an, I got a postcard here uh, from our good friend Commander Cody, and this interesting handmade postcard is designed rather strangely, uh, almost ingeniously. Uh, It seems to be one of a kind. Uh It has a lingering musk about it, and the picture on it is of a watery world dotted with small chains of islands. And the small words on it read, Welcome to Chad, visitor. Mind the tide. We'll keep you nice and dry.
3: From across the galaxy, it's time for Postcards from Commander Cody.
2: GM Dave and GM Chris. Hi guys! The squad and I find ourselves on a strange world this week. What jet. Jet are the planet of Jet? system is in the back end of the Outer Rim Territories, and Jet's is the fourth and third planet in the system. Its strange elongated elliptical orbit rockets it through the system, making it out of the third or fourth planet, depending on the view. But the planet has virtually no axial tilt, meaning it is seasonally, seasonably stable. Which is good because the nine moons that surround the planet create some of the most complex, dangerous tidal cycles that I've ever seen. The native Chedrafan population nearly collapsed from a massive tidal wave not too long ago, so I understand. The Chedrafan themselves are small, rodent-like creatures less than a meter tall, they communicate through a mixture of tonal squeaking and strong pheromones, but pick up basic easily enough. They're a strange lot. I've seen the tiny creatures throughout the galaxy working as manufacturers and inventors, prized for the unique methods they use to create even the most mundane items. When I've encountered them, it's usually been on a dry, arid world. Chad. Right? Chad Chedd I've come to discover have a near-pathological phobia of drowning, and those on-world make their temporary homes high in the trees on the few bodies of land on Chad. You mean few. Chad is mostly water, with hundreds of thousands of square kilometres of marsh and swamp. This makes it hard to accomplish our task. We're in search of a single Chadrafen. Sure, White Lord Vader has a searching high and low for a single squeaking furball, but apparently this Chadrafen has some information we need to either broker for, or more preferably, squeeze out of it. I think a few hours in a water tank might do wonders for getting us what we need. If we can have a final little creature, that is. Well, listen guys, I best be off. We've got a needle in a haystack to find. If you're in need of an interesting time, some estuarial swimming or leech collecting, head over to Chad. Later, guys. Long live the Empire! Your friend, Commander Cody.
3: All right, Cody. Thank you very much for your piece of whatever.
4: Much indeed, Cody. This one's going up right on the wall. Yep. Very cool.
3: Indeed. All right, so what am I going to do now? Let's do this. The BBC would like to announce that the next scene is not considered suitable for family viewing.
0: And now it's time for Galactic Dating Tips with everyone's favorite Zeltron Smuggler, Captain Theros.
2: You know how to turn me on. Oh, you got it going on. baby. You can make my day.
0: Greetings, party beings. Once again, it's your friend Captain Theros coming back at you from the mid Rim. Right now, I uh, I'm looking at my com list, and it looks like I got a com from our friend Damien Salta, and uh, he asks, female wookies worth looking into? Damien Salta, absolutely. Wookies in general are tons of fun, very passionate lovers, and when you want to talk about a screamer, or a yeller, that's a Wookiee for you. Now, the other thing you have to remember is that wookies are covered in fur, their entire body, so. You ever met a girl who liked to get her hair pulled? It's exactly the same thing. You just grab on with both hands to a tough prefer, and you just hold on with all your strength, because whether you're on top or bottom, you're going to need to hold on, because Wookiees are strong. You know what I mean? So enjoy yourself. Have a good time. And remember, if you have any other questions, folks, out there in the Gamer Nation, send your comms right to my uh, post on the forum, and I'll try and answer your questions just as soon as possible. This is Captain Theros signing off.
4: <laughs> Very nice. And as Captain Theros said, you can, uh, of course, post any comment questions to the Kid Captain uh, at d20radio.com/forum in the Order Sixty Six Requests board. There is a sticky link directly for Captain Theros.
3: Yeah, I would say. <laughs> All right.
1: the docking Bay, hosers. When it don't be making sense, we be making sense of it.
3: Well, what do we have at the D20 docking Bay this week?
4: Got questions, sir. Got lots yeah, of questions. I guess we do. I'll throw them up, man. Hit, 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 me, hit me with it. All
3: hit right. Me with it. Uh, the gentleman you heard at the top of the show, Darth Prefect, posted up this... Uh, on the forums so he says i'm sure most gm's out there have at some point had a character in the group unable to speak basic Wookiees uh, wookie's making up the large majority of this group most likely i've got a question about a fairly basic item from the core rulebook which is the box box how long does it take to reprogram new phrases into it as it is, the text just says it's a DC-10, use computer check to do so, but mentions nothing of how long, what type of action, blah blah blah. Also, can you program new phrases into it without having the ability to speak basic yourself anyway? The way I read the description is just an audio playback device holding 12 pre-recorded messages, which would then have to be read by someone, right? A store-bought box would come with 12 standard pre- uh, phrases pre-loaded, can a Wookiee? Program in other phrases all by himself. Is it possible?
4: Hmm. That's an interesting question, Prefect. Um, for those of you who do not know, the Vox Box is located on page 134 of the Core Rulebook, and uh, it says that it takes a DC 10 use computer check to alter one or more of the pre-programmed phrases. Um, there is no time limit listed, and it does not specify that you need to speak the language to reprogram it or anything like that. Now, this makes sense, yes, but it's not specified. Um, so, okay. I'm, I'm going to echo the sentiment of one of our posters, Foxworthy. This is as hard as you want it to be for your player. Uh, I mean, bottom line. If you feel that a Wookiee shouldn't be able to alter the phrases on his own, that's your call. I mean, I think it's ambiguous on purpose, like much in this system, where they, you know, allow the GM to do his job. Um, you know, if you feel this work should take 10 minutes or a day, that's also your call. Frankly, I'm going to point out a couple things, and then I'm going to give a couple suggestions that you can take with a grain of salt. Uh, unless you're an Arconan, then you you can skip the salt. First of all, allowing your player to reprogram the phrases on the fly is not the same as having a translator droid. All right, that's one of the huge arguments against it. Twelve phrases is not the same as the ability to carry on a conversation. Furthermore, phrases only go one way. You still got to understand what the other person's saying. Now, it doesn't make much logical sense that you can program phrases for a language you don't speak or understand, but I would allow a character, such as a Wookiee, who understands BASIC, even though they don't speak it, to reprogram the phrases spoken in BASIC. Um, I personally don't think the VoxBox repeats a recorded message, but it generates the words via a computer voice. It says it's a playback device. Savvy? Um, and for 200 fracking credits, I would hope it would have this functionality. I mean, it—I mean, for 200 credits, it better not just be a tape recorder. Seriously. <laughs> um, right. Uh, I, I mean, you know, as for the amount of time it takes, it depends. I mean, if it's not in combat, I would say no time at all or as much time as it takes. But the lack of a stipulation in the books means that uh, one very important thing, the design wasn't intended to limit a character in that way. Now, as for changing the phrases in in the middle of an encounter, it could be a great RP way to deal with the situation. I mean, I'd I'd make it take at least a couple rounds to change one phrase, though. But
3: that's yeah. just me. I would I would say so the same. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so I got an email from Caleb. Okay. It seems like it is impossible to burn to death from fire damage. The damage is so small, even after you're unconscious, the damage won't exceed your damage threshold. Is there something I'm missing? Any answer would be most appreciated. However, isn't that funny that we got this because somebody died from fire during our last little deal? Yeah, Sunday.
4: well, to be more precise, Dave, somebody dropped from
3: fire. Yeah, 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 it wasn't, it wasn't, yeah. They, they did not die. It was an NPC that was just taken off the grid. So
4: It was a beast. <laughs>
3: yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. It was a beast.
4: It was a Vornsker. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I mean, this kind of comes down to how you run it. I mean, personally, if, if I have an NPC with all heroic levels or all beast levels and they get to zero hit points, they're dead. Unless they're really important to the plot story. Um, so that's just kind of how I play with it. Right. Um, uh, anyone with heroic levels, though, does not have that distinction. Um, I mean, Caleb, we had, Dave, we had a similar question to this in episode 43. Um, And I'll reiterate what I said there, that catching an opponent on fire is not so much about hurting them as it is denying them an action. I mean, they're most likely going to waste the full round to put themselves out. And if if they're not doing that because the damage is too small, then I call metagame shenanigans. Okay, if you're on fire, your first response is probably going to be to put yourself out, wouldn't you say? All right? Yeah. But in a direct response to your question, Caleb, 1-6 doesn't seem like much, but it adds up over time. And also... I think you might be looking at this through the lens of a PC. Okay, for your average non-heroic mook with nine to eleven hit points, one die six is a lot. I mean, you say that it's hard to die whilst unconscious from being on fire. I make two points to this. One, especially at low levels, where your damage threshold is probably only fourteen or fifteen. When you're at minus ten on the condition track, four steps down. Your damage threshold is now only four or five, since it moves with your fortitude defense. This means that you're actually in danger of being dropped by one die six of fire damage that exceeds your modified damage threshold, killing you. Yeah. But that is at low levels. Um, I would argue, though, that while unconscious and on fire, the fire would make its plus five attack versus your fortitude as a coup de grace against you. You're unconscious. You're helpless. Is being on fire a melee attack? Uh, from the fire's point of view, I would say yeah. And if you're unconscious and at zero hit points and helpless, it would thusly kill you instantly, per the wording of a coup de grace.
3: Ah, yes. Lord knows I love those.
4: Lord knows you do.
3: (laughs) Yes, all right. What else do we have? Staker. Another man who will never be present with a name like Staker. (laughs) A question was raised on the Watsi boards about the light repeating blasta. The weapon description says that it is an auto fire only weapon, has a power pack for thirty shots, but does that mean thirty auto fire shots? The example was given that a blaster rifle has a power pack for fifty shots and can be fired in auto fire. If you go by the rules on auto fire, then firing an auto fire takes ten shots. If you apply that to the light repeating blaster, an auto fire only weapon, that means you only get three shots before having to reload, versus five with a rifle on auto fire. The question was raised then. Other than allowing you to brace, why go to a light repeating blaster over a blaster rifle?
4: Well, Staker, uh, you pretty much answered the question right there. Um, bracing and and of course range benefits. A heavy weapon that gets better range than a rifle. Um, in addition, you can go on the forums and, and talk to uh, 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 talk to Venku Skirata, um, my Mandalorian burst fire monkey. And you can ask him, bracing is totally worth it, okay? Auto-fire can be so incredibly overpowering because it's almost guaranteed damage. And if you know you're going to hit and you're able to burst fire, I mean, that gives someone with this gun 5d8. That's insane. Okay, the only check and balance on this is the minus 5 to attack, and that's a big deal. But a minus 2? Meh. Bracing lets you turn a minus 5 into a minus 2, and that is nothing to sneeze at. And with the elite trooper's controlled burst talent, you're not talking about a penalty at all, okay? How do you balance that? This is how. Three shots, then a reload. (laughs) So yeah, the 30 shots is just that. 30 shots. Auto fire consumes 10 of them. Burst fire consumes 5. After those 3 or 6 shots, you get the opportunity to reload. Yay! Um, That's pretty much it. And it's the price to pay for braceability. I mean, come on. People are whining that 6 shots at 5d8 is not enough before you spend a round to reload. Give me a break. Uh, Also realize that the light-repeating blaster is designed to work with an external power source that doesn't run out, okay? The ability to walk around with one is a fringe benefit. You've literally taken a turret gun off of a mount, and you're walking around with it. It should be less versatile than a blaster rifle designed to be walked around with. But that's just my
3: two credits. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. I have one more credit. But I'm not going to use it right now. Please don't. I will instead read the following from Donovan Morningfire who says, in short, does sense surroundings have any effect on total concealment? Examples of which, given in the book, are total darkness, a pretty rare condition to create, and blindness. Even though the rules text only says concealment and cover, with a distinction regarding total cover, as having a higher DC. I think that using sense surroundings would get around Total concealment from total darkness as the darkness condition is affecting your vision and sense surroundings is effectively bypassing such. Mm-hmm. It would be analogous, good SAT word there, to Daredevil of Marvel Comics being penalized for fighting in total darkness when all his other senses are freely available and unhindered. Check the, check the uh, frequently asked questions and the red text makes no discernment regarding total concealment with only the blue text making the distinction and that being raving dorks take on the issue which i happen to agree with
4: so in other words there's been no developer ruling only raving dorks
3: something like that. okay
4: um okay dono uh, this has been um i've been keeping track of this man this has been a spirited i guess is a good word debate in many places across the intertubes and i much like you have been unable to uncover anything official on this but I echo some of our own poster sentiments, and I feel that some people are simply making a mountain out of a molehill here. Okay, for those unaware, page 77, Core Rulebook, discusses using the Force to sense surroundings. It specifies that, there, that using this ability negates, quote-unquote, cover and concealment when making perception checks. But later, it clarifies, as Dono mentions, a stiffer DC for a target with total cover. Okay, now... Cover and concealment are delved into on pages 156 through 158 of the core rulebook. There they do differentiate between cover and total cover, both of which are mentioned in sense surroundings. And between concealment and total concealment, of which only concealment is mentioned in sense surroundings. So does this mean you can't use sense surroundings on a target with total concealment? Only regular concealment? Okay, first of all, when the scale mentions cover and concealment, quote unquote, I think it's clear they're talking about the macro concepts of each, right? They clarify total cover, though, because it gets a higher DC, and it's the only one that does. Total concealment, though, is simply included in concealment. I mean, if we're going to read the rules to be that strict, then scent surroundings would have no effect against improved cover. Okay, but it would against total? I mean, come on, sheesh. All right, so that's my take, Dono. And it not only makes sense, but it follows KISS. But GMC, some of you listeners are going to say. How can you say that? That's just an inference. It's not what it says. No. It's not what it says, but hot damn, it sure makes sense, doesn't it? Again, it doesn't say that Gungans can blink, either. It's pretty silly that I can use sense surroundings to peer through a freaking solid wall, but not, uh, the dark. Okay, no. No, it doesn't spell it out. And you know what? It shouldn't. It shouldn't spell it out. To do so would simply confirm the craptastic rules-lawyering minutia that this glorious system left behind in the rat-infested hole where 3rd edition is, right now, performing complex algebraic calculations based on mathematically sound algorithms to determine the exact number of hairs on the head of a 7-year-old, 23-pound halfling. I'm sorry if I'm getting animated about this. But my God, people, you don't need the rulebook to spell out everything. You don't need a developer ruling for something that just makes sense or is patently obvious or that you just want to run a certain way in your game. Mm. That's what I love about this system. So, do yourself a favor. Take the rule book with a grain of salt. Rules are guidelines, nothing more.
3: Soapbox? Put away.
4: Yes, yes. Thank you. That uh, makes me feel a great deal better.
3: Nice.
1: Hmm.
0: Chancellor, request a motion to suspend the rules. You're suspend the rules? No. Shut, shut up, Sharjah! Motion
3: granted. Okay. Okay! So, uh, this um, edition of Suspending the Rules brought to you by... Merkaba Jedi.
4: Merkaba Jedi? Cool.
3: How about jedi.
4: Well, what what house rule does he have to share Not with the camera from a jedi
3: okay this is a house rule related to weapon proficiencies and starting bonus feats okay anytime a base class gets the rifle uh weapon proficiency i allow them to switch it out for advanced melee weapons heavy weapons or martial arts one this gives the character a little bit more flexibility in their choice of weapons and background. It makes a lot of sense to me since martial characters train in different things, sometimes by choice, sometimes as a cultural imperative. Mm-hmm. It's also balanced as far as I'm concerned since the requirement for all the feats are the same. None. So.
4: Very interesting. Very interesting, Merkaba. I like it for the most part. Um, it adds a great deal of flexibility, and, and frankly, I think that Martial Arts 1, or um, Advanced Melee Weapon Proficiency, is as useful and on equal footing with uh, weapon proficiency rifles. However, I will have to disagree with you on heavy weapons proficiency, however, because, um, well, for, for for several reasons. Um, first and foremost, I think there's a distinct advantage to it. I mean, heavy weapons blow most things out of the water, Okay. So, I mean honestly, I'd nix that in my own home game, but I love the rest, man. I mean, Dave, what do you think, man? I mean, you got a wookiee that that um you know, I mean, had to waste a feat on advanced web proficiency just to use your vibroax in our on our flagship game. Uh I mean, yeah. I mean, how eager would you have been to not use a bowcaster in exchange for not having to waste a feat on a vibroax?
3: Well, it would have been very nice for me to not have to use that feat, but by the same token, I believe that it creates some brokenness
4: for advanced melee really
3: just because star wars the lore the canon everybody has a freaking blaster everybody has a lot of them have a rifle okay they shoot great wonderful a vibro axe is not what i see in the movie on everybody's person I think nope. I have to learn it. I uh, from a role playing perspective. I think it doesn't make a lot of sense, but from a balanced perspective, I think it makes even less sense because they did it for a reason that my, yeah. imagine how much stronger my Wookiee would be if I got an, a free feat just because I switched out rifles for Vibro Well,
4: your, your melee monster is disgustingly nasty.
3: Yeah. Um,
4: I, I will, I will definitely agree with that. Um, now, I, gonna, I don't know, dude. I mean, like maybe for a kotor. Game. I mean, like like in the kotor era. I mean, I mean obviously, you know, and on the holocron you talked about. You know, you haven't played the kotor games too terribly much, right? But I mean, in that era, vibro weapons are fragging common. Everybody's got one strapped to their hip, mostly because personal shields were in such heavy use. Okay. Um. So I mean, maybe I, maybe you could see this for like an era-specific feat.
3: Maybe I, I don't know. I'm still not sold on it either way. But I just okay. you know when I start messing with the. Actual starting feats, it it smells a little, just a little bit off. I'll, 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 I'll tell you what, if you d- if you would have done it in our campaign, I'd have just happily gone right along with it.
4: Well, maybe that's the test then, isn't it? If you have a house rule and it's like, why would I not do that? Mm. Right. Either way, I still like it, and I think Martial Arts 1 is fantastic as well. Um, so thank you, Mercaba Jedi. Um, very cool house rule. And if you guys have any house rules that you would like to... Uh, suspend in the rules section. You can do so at the d20radio.com forums. d20radio.com slash forum. You can also email GM Dave at uh, d20radio.com or myself, GM Chris at d20radio.com. Or Dave, they can call what number?
3: Losaline, 206 600
4: 5872. L U S A, the Lusa. And also, if you guys have any questions for the d20 docking bay, you can send them on that way as well. We will happily answer them.
3: That's right. We'll even play them. Woohoo favorite player. So, anyway. All right. Well, what are we going to talk about?
4: We are going to talk first of all to someone we haven't talked to in a while.
3: It's been a long, long time for this, but we will see if TK421 is there. Hello, TK421. Are you at your post, sir? Well, I here. I'm very happy to hear from you. I, uh, I'm i sure you've heard that I uh, stopped your checks for a while.
1: Uh, well, yeah. I, I tried to be a prompt, Dave. Uh, I'm curious to know though, why, why you stopped my checks, sir. I mean, uh, I know the economists bet, no, but uh, I figure I'm doing my reporting as we agreed upon, sir.
3: Well, we had agreed upon it, but then we decided that your story had become tiresome, and uh, we marked it for deletion. But instead... We have found a new role for you. Uh, okay, what? Well, we'll find out. Tell me what uh, you've been up to these days.
1: Okay, uh, okay. Oh, uh, well, dude, <laughs> I'll tell you what. I've been down at the Quartermaster shop, something fierce of late, man. We got a heck of a Quartermaster here on our Star Destroyer. You know that, man? These guys know everything about everything, man. They could fix up stuff and make you better. in something else, man. Yeah... I've been making a lot of personalized modifications to my armor and, and my, my guns of late. You know, I want to be prepared. You know, these rebel scum are getting out of line. And, uh, you know, only v- through, through tactics and the best weaponry in the galaxy will we defeat their evil ilk.
3: I see. So you've been getting I- your equipment upgraded.
1: Yeah, I have. But I have. a you Yeah. What does ilk mean? What is what? Ilk? Ilk ilk yeah yeah the the, the emperor said that we could defeat the the rebels and their evil ilk i don't know (laughs) what ilk means
3: well if you don't know dude i ain't telling you go look it up okay well i'll
1: do that man i'll do that but but yeah man i've been upgrading something fierce and and i'll tell you what i've been having to dig deep into my pockets to do so but it's well worth it man
3: Uh, you should see
1: my new rifle son what does it do it's silver plated son yeah Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot harder and, uh, and you know, it's, it's a lot smoother on my armor. I can pull it out a lot faster. You know, i the practice and my quick drill.
3: There you go. See? Always a good thing to upgrade your equipment.
1: Yeah, pretty much. But, you know, I'm prepared. I'm prepared. Well, okay. Dave, I want to talk to you about my, my position. You said you had something else in mind for me on the show?
3: Yeah, yeah, but you just did it and you didn't even know it, so... Oh, uh, there you I go. did? Yeah. Okay. L- L- <laughs> Last long, long, <thing>, <laughs>
1: yeah, do, I, do, I, do I get a raise? No.
3: The long and short of it is you're going to be introducing the meat of the show now, so it's all good. Oh, uh, okay. I like meat. Yeah, I know.
1: You know, oh, man, I think I'm going to go get some barbecue going, all right? I'll send you some, Hoser.
3: All right. See you later. Later, hosers. later on, TK. Bye, TK. Oh, I don't know why we deal with that guy, but. All right. So as he says, the equipment upgrades from Scum and Villainy.
4: Woohoo, Or at least some of them. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Uh, From the bowels of Scum and Villainy, we cover the hottest of the hotness to leak from this book in the form of some serious outlaw tech. And the one thing that we've all been waiting for for a very long time, equipment upgrades. Yes, sir! You can now trick out your Beskar Gam or your heavy blaster pistol with gusto. But a lot of folks are unclear on the upgrade rules, or they find the process a bit confusing. So we're going to take some time tonight to clarify and confound, to retort and expound, and talk about the process of modifying your swag. Beautiful. Yes. So turn with me, younglings, to page 37 of your Scum and Villainy book. Of course. Now, there are a lot of upgrades. A lot.
3: Oh, way too many. to devote
4: multiple shows to. Yeah. So you know what? <laughs> we are. <laughs> uh, we're going to start off with a little discussion and work through uh, some universal uh, upgrades as well as talk about the basic mechanic of upgrading. And uh, then we're going to be tackling uh, weapon upgrades and uh, armor upgrades in a future cast. There you go. So fantastic. All right, Dave. Let's talk about upgrade slots. Now, man, we, we played. We played that that three a.m. ending session on Saturday that put you in the doghouse. Something fierce. Yes. Um. And beforehand, you modified your... uh, You you upgraded your Vibroax, did you not?
3: I did. My Vibroax is now a combination Vibroax Bowcaster. Don't ask me how that happens, but it does.
4: But it does. (laughs) And combination is a very cool upgrade. Um, It allows you to uh, combine two two items as long as the one going inside of the host item is not bigger than it. So very, very cool. So, I mean, let's... Let's talk about upgrade slots to begin with, just kind of a general overview, all right? Now, similar to the way starships have emplacement points to work with, allowing you to upgrade their systems, all pieces of personal equipment, weapons, and armor have upgrade slots, which can accommodate dozens and dozens of upgrades. Um, So, existing upgrade slots. Let's get get to this first, okay? Yes. All pieces of equipment have one upgrade slot when you purchase them, okay? Who knows? But medium armor has two unused upgrade slots at purchase. Those. And large armor, heavy armor, has, has three unused upgrade slots at purchase. Got okay. more to say. Now, a small number of items, uh, most notably some of the rare armors, have more, uh, more standard upgrade slots than normal, and that is specifically noted in the item description. Yep. Okay. So in most cases, though, you're only going to have one upgrade slot. All right. So, uh, you know, there's, there's modifications in here that cost two, three upgrade slots. Okay, well, h- how do you do that? Okay, you can modify your gear to add even more upgrade slots, Dave.
3: So How do you do it?
4: Let, let's talk about how you do it. There's several ways you can do it. Um, first and foremost, you can strip your equipment. No. Uh, yeah, no, it sounds me? kind of dirty, doesn't it? Um, but hey, I'm sure TK was into it. So, you know. Um, of course. Stripping equipment, you can strip down your stuff to add an upgrade slot, but Here's how stripping works. Stripping an item must reduce the capacity, or the function of the item in some significant fashion. All mm. right. So stripping weapons, um, things things that the book spells out, you can do. All right. You can reduce the damage dealt by one step. So David, if you if you took your vibroax from two die ten to two die eight, you would gain an a, a an upgrade slot basically.
3: Oh yippee! I'm uh, not That's
4: something you'd want to do. But hey. Um, you can reduce the range category by one, all right, to gain an upgrade slot. So you know you can, you know, a heavy weapon range all of a sudden has a rifle's range, or a rifle's range has a pistol's range. Yeah. Pistol's range has a thrown weapons range. Bah. Thrown weapons range has a melee weapons range, and you of course can't do this to melee weapons. Um, so if you do that, uh, reducing one range category gets an upgrade slot. Okay. Um, the most interesting one to me, and I think. For, for people that are very feet wealthy, I think this is a very easy option. Uh, they call it design change in the book, but basically, Dave, it, it's making the weapon exotic. Right. So let's say um, you know I'm I, I want to start wielding a uh, a vibroaxe. Okay. Well, that's an advanced melee weapon. Well, I can take advanced melee weapon proficiency just fine. Um, or I can take a vibroaxe, modify it to be a, an exotic weapon, like my specialty weapon, and just take exotic weapon proficiency. Uh, you know, vibro Vibroax.
3: <laughs> ah, yes. And, the super duper purple Vibroax.
4: Yes. And then you can, uh, you, of course, gain a, uh, a an upgrade slot that way. Right. Uh, two, two other ways they talk about if uh, you're dealing with a weapon that has a stun setting, assuming it also has a lethal setting, you can remove the stun setting. Yes. And it will give you an upgrade slot. Also, if you have a gun that deals both auto and single fire, you can remove the auto fire setting. Make it a single fire only weapon and you can get an upgrade slot. Now, yeah. I mean, for, for guys that, that are, like, especially sniper builds that are dealing with rapid shot mostly and aiming, they're not using auto-fire that much, if you do something like removal of auto-fire on a heavy blaster rifle, okay, um, or, or a carbine, something to that effect, it's not going to be a huge loss to you. So that's a really, really easy way to get just an immediate upgrade slot that you're not going to feel a whole lot.
3: That's right. Yeah. And if you're a sniper and you can take stun off, then you get another one. Boom.
4: Yes, and that's excellent. So right there, just boom, you can remove two, and and, and you're, you're green. I mean, you're never going to get within six squares if you're a long-range fighter. Most likely not. So. Right Uh Stripping armor. All right, we've talked about stripping weapons. Let's talk about stripping armor. The book only lists two ways to do this. Uh, the first one they call removing defensive material, which basically reduces the functionality of the armor. You take one off of the reflex defense bonus and one off of the equipment bonus uh, to a minimum of zero. Um, and basically you're making the armor weaker to give it more space to put crap in. So you're taking off uh, you know, armor plating, you know, stuff like that. Um, the second thing they talk about is joint protection. You know where they talk about how armors are designed to have these really expensive um, and hardcore heavy materials around the joints that are very flexible. Well, if you take that away to give yourself more room and um, build the joint protection out of more rigid material, um, you can uh, basically the mechanical aspect is it's a minus one to the max dex of the armor and it doubles the armor's weight, uh, but it does give you a uh, a, a, a extra upgrade slot basically. Yep. Cool. So, the thing to remember though about stripping equipment, Dave, is that again, it has to reduce the capacity or the function of the item in some significant way right, and that's really GM constraint in that regard so. okay, uh, other ways you can gain uh, you, you can gain an upgrade slot um, one that you could not do uh, increasing your weapon size <laughs> your, your equipment size. Um, you can expand the size of the item by one step, which doubles its cost. Uh, this does not change how the item functions in any way, unless, of course, it's so big that you can't wield it anymore.
3: Oh, um, you ah, know. that's what she said. <laughs> oh,
4: yeah, how's <laughs> that?
3: Hey, you know, uh, I got my Colt 45. That's what she said.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're laughing because Lando Calrissian was in my last game. Mm-hmm. It's like, I can't, I can't do Lando. But it's like, you know, this is Lando Calrissian, and, I've got a cold, cold forty-five. <laughs> yeah, I can't. It even turns,
3: It winds up. Lo- it winds up sounding like Ivan Drago, but
4: Ivan Drago. Oh, I, but I like I thought, it sounded like Christopher Walken in the session. You know, oh, that that
3: that's could- right. It did. It did. It did. Because I was like, "Hey, give me
4: lightsaber, cabra. you! I, I'll take it from you. and slice you in half."
3: Yep, and not only that, but Lando made it possible for me to utter the phrase she's in finsta."
4: That's right, shoot because he other. did
3: indeed shoot the glass. That was a pretty
4: epic encounter. It was pretty good. Very, very cool. Very, very cool. Yep. So anyway, one of the things that you could not have done, but Lando certainly could with his uh, holdout blaster, was increase the equipment size. And that will give you one upgrade slot. Yep. And there is one final way, Gamer Nation, to gain an upgrade slot on your item. Now, you're looking at your books and saying, what? I don't see a final way. Well, many gamers I've talked to have not realized this, but as is clarified on the sidebar on page 48 of Scum and Villainy, a character with the Tech Specialist feat can install one upgrade slot to an item, weapon, or suit of armor as the modification the feat provides. So, in other words, you add upgrade slot to the listed modification options for the items under Tech Specialist. Yep. So, very cool. All right.
3: Um, So, how do you install them, sir?
4: Well, um... It's easy and hard. Uh, upgrades exist <laughs> so in three strat days. And, uh, uh, yeah. um, and when they are installed on a piece of equipment, they take up upgrade slots. Now, an upgrade can require anywhere from zero, none, to three upgrade slots. Okay, though, this is very rare. Um, though more slots are technically possible, nothing currently published goes beyond three slots. Oh, All right. Okay. So how do you do it, dude? How do you do it? Well, first and foremost, you pay the cost. You got to buy yeah. the darn upgrade. Yep. Okay. Each upgrade has a listed cost, as well as potentially a licensing restriction that we all know and love. And just like anything else, you must buy the license, unless, of course, you're grabbing it on the black market. Yep. Um, you know. So there you go. Um, however, you can build an upgrade from scratch entirely on your own. However, it will cost twice as much as the listed cost to do so. Right. So there you go. But hey, you know, if you're stuck on, uh, if you're stuck on Raxus Prime. Could be something you have time to do. <laughs>
3: That's right, but just do it before the before the uh, before it,
4: all the droids get you. Yes.
3: Oh yeah.
4: <laughs> uh, after you pay the cost and you got it, you got to succeed a mechanics check to actually install oh. it. Now, now this check is as easy as a DC ten and as tough as a DC thirty five, depending on how complex the upgrade is and how many slots it, in other words, how many slots it uses, right. um, and whether or not you purchased it or you built it from scratch. Um, if you fail the mechanics check to install, the cost that you just spent for the upgrade is spent, it's done. You spent it, It's 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 gone. You will have to spend half as much again uh, and spend the same amount of time to try your mechanics check again. Okay. Now, as for how long it takes to do it, Dave, um, anywhere from 10 minutes to one week, depending on the amount of upgrade points the item takes up, uh, upgrade points the item costs, and, and whether you've bought it legitimately or whether you've built it from scratch. Right. Okay. Kidding. So let's say let's say I've in, let's say you've installed your Vibroax, Dave, um, and, and you know you, you've got like an like an ionizer on it because you hate droids.
3: That's right.
4: Um, and and you you want to rip it off because you don't find yourself fighting droids so much anymore. Right. How do you do that?
3: Well, I imagine that it probably takes about as much time as the original to put it in.
4: In most cases, yes. Yeah. And you also got to make a mechanics check. However, uh, the DC is at minus five. So you know, whatever mechanics check it took to install it, you make another one minus five. That's
3: but this plan. one, if you fail, your weapon is no longer use. Usable. Well, the,
4: the not the weapon, but the, the, the upgrade.
3: <laughs> I know. I was just being facetious.
4: Oh, okay. Okay. You scaring me, man. What's up with that? What's up with that?
3: Yep, that oh. means it's Lorena Bobbited. Thank you. You can no <laughs> longer use your equipment. Sorry.
4: Thank you for that fifteen year old reference.
3: Hey man, that's what I'm here for, dude.
4: Hey, I, I know. I know. So that's why I keep your, uh, you know, around. I'm just equipment. trying to
3: score whatever points Strider is keeping up with in the chat room. And I have no idea how to score points, but.
4: Those are shots of awesome sauce and weak sauce as he distributes accordingly. <laughs> okay. So there you go. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you say, man, if you, if you fail your mechanics check to remove the item, uh, you've deactivated the upgrade, so you can't use it, but it's still attached to your equipment <laughs> and it takes up the slot. No. Now, if you don't care about removing the upgrade intact, then you can actually choose to reduce the time that it takes to remove it by one step. Um, but if you do this and you fail the mechanics check, you destroy the upgrade completely. But it's off your gun and the slot's free.
3: There you go. So, and you yeah. get to use uh, it again. All right. So, what are the upgrades? So,
4: let's let's talk about the upgrades. Yeah. Now are
3: the graphics.
4: <laughs>
3: sorry, um, sorry. That comes from another podcast.
4: Yes, it does. So that's okay. Um. There are, as I said, there are three strata of upgrades. Okay, there's, there's universal upgrades, weapon upgrades, and armor upgrades. Um, and this week, we're going to talk about universal upgrades. We will not be covering every single one, but we will highlight a few that might make you drool or have uses you may not have thought of. Oh. I don't want to be receiving any emails or forum posts saying, GMC, how come you didn't talk about this upgrade? This is so cool. You can apply it with this one to make the most broken combo. You know, I'm just, you know, hey, these, these are just my thoughts. I'm oh, sure man. I've missed some piece of min-maxing genius. Oh, but, you know, if you feel like you must share it with the world, go ahead and post it up. That's fine. Uh, but, you know, hey, it, it is what it is.
3: Share it with the world. Yes. So, with universal upgrades,
4: Dave. Um, these upgrades, w- what, what do you think you can apply these upgrades to? Redheads. Potentially. No, no, not, no, not redheads. <laughs> Although my, my, wife, my wife might like that. I don't know.
3: Oh. All right, <laughs> that was uh, thanks to Fiddleback in the chat room. By the way, put <laughs> bum I'd like to put a different processor in my wife's brain. Oh, how about that? Maybe turn her into a gamer. Can I do that?
4: Um, unfortunately, no. Uh, characters oh. can't uh, have uh, these upgrades applied to them. It's Damn a shame, it. but it is what it is.
3: All right, I forgot the original question.
4: Uh, what what all can you apply universal upgrades to?
3: Oh, equipment weapon armor
4: everything yeah exactly so you can buy them to everything um so let's talk about them all right just a few of them at least ones that have struck my fancy mm. the first one the cheater oh yes oh yes scum and villainy does detail rules for cheating gamer nation both with and without this equipment upgrade does, And then this one uh, is designed to let you cheat at sabacc all right, nothing too cool here, but I just wanted to dance the dance of glee. Now that my NPCs can finally make skifters and screw over my noble with the gambling habit. Yep, she's very wealthy now. Uh, so it
3: didn't happen. Um,
4: <laughs> a cheater installed into a device gives you a plus two bonus on wisdom checks when playing sabak. Yep. So uh, up next on the list, Dave. What do you think my favorite one of the entire universal list was?
3: Probably the droid defecation.
4: The droidification, yes, of course. Droidification, the most talked about upgrade in the entire fracking book. Um, this two-slot upgrade turns your favorite item into a freaking droid yeah. that all of a sudden has the stats of an ASP labor droid with size penalties and bonuses to abilities and speed taken into account, of course. The rub, Dave? No. Only devices can receive this upgrade. No weapons, no armor. That so makes no sense. hope. Of your heavy blaster pisser following you around and shooting people
3: your heavy blaster pisser pistol oh okay yes
4: your heavy uh, blaster pisser
3: that sounded a little bit I have weird a Heavy blaster
4: me. pisser do you have a heavy blaster pisser
3: i've got an extremely heavy blaster pisser
4: i oh wow okay i really didn't want to know that but thank you yeah okay very 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 nice very, very 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 nice so the coolest things to do with droidification gamer nation two things one droidify a med pack is it expensive Heck yeah, but it'll save your life. Ask me how, Dave. How? You give it treat injury as its one trained skill, and you keep it in your pocket. Give it standing orders to heal you if you fall unconscious. It's right on you already. Oh, yes. Um, Now, some folks have, have suggested using droidification on some explosives and then creating a walking landmine, basically. However, younglings, this is very very suspect territory. Um, Explosives are in the weapons section of the equipment chapter for a very good reason. Yeah, pretty much. So that kind of cuts that out right there. But hey, GM hand wave, who knows? But uh,
3: pretty easy. All
4: right. Next on the list, I absolutely love the electro grapple handle. Ooh. Uh uh, yeah, this is pretty spiffy. Um, one upgrade slot and an accompanying magnetic gauntlet later, and you can recall the item to your hand as a move action as long as it's anywhere within six squares.
3: Throw your lightsaber and bring it right back.
4: Well, you can do that anyway. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know. uh, or you can use move light object to bring it back. But in my opinion, the coolest thing to do with this, be a scoundrel with lots of sneak attack or dastardly strike and training in deception. In combat... Throw your weapon to the ground. Raise your hands as part of a feint. Ask the GM for favorable circumstance bonuses to your deception check for doing so. And they'll probably do it. I certainly would. Next round, boom! You whip the pistol to your hand and you enjoy the fruits of flat-footed goodness.
3: Ah, uh, yes.
4: Yeah, very, very yeah, that's nice. That's pretty good. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, next on the list, uh, Senor Dave, um, miniaturized... Uh, the applications to this are pretty obvious. Um, one upgrade slot makes the item one size category smaller and half the weight. Now, this is not too terribly useful for melee weapons because they get their damage reduced. Yep. Um, but ranged weapons do not get their damage reduced. Yep. So the coolest thing to do with this, uh, two things. One, reduce that carbine to a small size. Here you go, wicket. Dual-wielding goodness that you've never known. ha <laughs> ha. Uh, And the second cool thing to do with miniaturization? Why, yes, this is my E-Web blaster. Uh, Why, yes, I can carry it in two hands. Because I'm a hoss, that's why. What's it plugged into? Oh, yeah, him. He's my gonk droid. He just follows me around. (laughs) Or, uh, yes, this is a heavy repeating blaster rifle. Yes, it does deal 3-10. Yes, I am dual wielding them.
3: Mm, Goodness.
4: So there you go. And the last uh, universal upgrade that I really want to talk about um, is Silver Plate, which our good friend uh, TK got on his rifle. Silver Plate. Um, now, it's expensive to do, uh, but it only costs one upgrade slot. And when you're finished, your item is really nice and shiny and silver plated. Um, and it gains an extra plus 2 DR uh, to a maximum of 20. And, and you can quick draw it as a free action. Yep, and guy right. So now you see how Django did what he did. All right, I got two pistols that are silver-plated. I can draw them both as free actions, pretty much. And then take a full attack action, such as a double attack. Yep. Very cool. Yep. Um, Or or two-weapon fighting, excuse me. Yep. The coolest thing to do with this uh, is it's very expensive, but when you have to save someone's life this round, perhaps when using the Revivify function of Treat Injury, and your Treat Injury tech Check takes a full round to make, as they usually do. A silver-plated med pack, which is perfectly legal, can be drawn as a free action that round. Thus allowing you to spend the full round on the Treat Injury Check. Yep. Very nice. Expensive, but potentially life-saving. And of course, just slather silver plate all over your weapons. It's well worth it if you have Quick
3: Draw. That's Jeez. right. That's right. So, See? There you go. There
4: we go. And that covers my favorites in the Universal Upgrade section. I hope our, uh, our, our upgrading and degrading uh, <laughs> uh, uh, explanations have helped you just a little bit. And we are going to be covering the rest of Upgrades next week.
3: Uh, maybe next week. Maybe not. Maybe
4: week. We're not having a cast on Sunday, are we?
3: No, we are not having a cast we on Sunday. Not, I will be out of town the weekend. We're going to try and go for the 16th, which is a one week from today. Tuesday which night. Which is another Tuesday night. We'll see if we can possibly get that done. I hope we can. And the following week I'm hoping that we'll be able to or I'm gonna actually have to touch base in a couple of days with the guild. And this time I will say the name correctly, Felicia Day. Hopefully we'll be a guest on the show in a couple of weeks. That That would would be be good. Awesome sauce. That would absolutely be awesome sauce, as you say yippee ki Indeed. Mm. Indeed. <laughs> mm. I've said that like twice in the last... You know, that's because she's convinced. I've got the dang uh, diehard on the on the brain, so...
4: Oh, well, now we understand your your inner workings, sir.
3: Indeed. Indeed. So... Anonized. All right, Gamer Nation. Thank you.
4: Thank you, guys. Thank you for sticking around for the podcast, and uh, we're sorry it's off base, and uh, we hope to hear you and see you next week. This is GM Chris wishing you peace. Love, and good gaming.
3: This Jedi didn't listen to the Order 66 podcast. D20 Radio, where gamers roll Well, you know what this means welcome to
5: daydreaming with gm dave Ah, uh, yes
4: <laughs> <laughs> now that we're done with the podcast we can talk about whatever the heck we want
3: that's right for you all you crow magnans that absolutely want your crunch and then you can't take the fact that we're gonna talk about something else even though we tell you to quit listening before we talk about something else and then you still manage to complain on the forums. Duncan, this means you.
4: Ooh, Duncan you, gets called out. <laughs> you better watch out, man. Duncan's a scrapper. He can take you down.
3: I, I'm, I'm sure He's he can, but I'm telling you right now. Duncan and anyone else, if you want crunch for Star Wars, stop your Zunes now.
4: What if, what, what if they have an iPod?
3: Well, stop those too. Okay. So there you go.
4: What if, what if I'm not listening on a, on, a, on a mobile device at all, but I'm listening on my computer?
3: Close your browser window. And slowly walk away. Very nice. There you are. More cowbell.
4: Did, what, why is Darth Van talking about more cowbell? Did you say cowbell?
3: No. Somebody says uh, Fiddleback said it needed more cowbell.
4: Ah, uh, you got to have more cowbell, baby.
3: Yeah. More...
4: I got a fever. Yep. And the only prescription is more cowbell.
3: Yep. Oh, hey. You know what? I took. Um. I did a little photo session. Um. For those of you that don't know, I'm a. Uh, I've also been a f- professional photographer for I don't know what, eight, ten years maybe.
4: Among everything else you've ever done, yes.
3: This is the longest term thing that I've actually done for a long time, and I do pretty well.
4: I'm just I waiting for you to put your cameras in the closet next to the karate uniform and the unicycle and the electric guitar and. Don't forget the scuba gear. Fit and the scuba
3: gear and. Right. no the camera's never going away, dude. The camera's never going away. Anyway. I hope not. I I took. um, I have a very good friend at work, who you know, and um, her. She brought her baby over, and we took some pictures. And I got to tell you that I I I sent her over the pictures, and the second picture I just looked at, and all of a sudden I said, "My gosh, that baby looks like John McCain."
4: That's a little disturbing.
3: (laughs) It is. I mean, not old man, and this is a girl. I might add. It's just that, you know, babies are chunky, right? So this little this little baby was just sitting there kinda of with his head with her head up, and her cheeks are really puffy and they kinda of sag down a little bit. It looked like she had a mouthful of food. Like John McCain always just looks like he's got a mouthful of food or something stuck. Yeah, but in he's
4: him. covered in wrinkles, man. Well, well, how, okay.
3: You, I'm not I'm not talking about the whole wrinkles or the dude part or the grey hair or whatever. It's just that it, it, it looked funny to me. When you see babies make the funniest little expressions, I just, you know, I think they're great. I love babies.
4: Your clock's ticking, dude.
3: Shut up.
4: It is. I know. You know know it is.
3: I know. I've got a 12-year-old already, you know?
4: Yeah, but you want a baby. I do want a baby. Dave wants a baby.
3: Yep. But I have to get out of the doghouse to get said baby.
4: Um, Yeah, that would be That would be important.
3: Yep. So to those of you in the Gamer Nation that posted up so nicely to tell me what to do, how to get out of my particular predicament, I appreciate it. I really do. And uh, somebody said it best that no matter what you try and do, if if my wife's not a gamer, there's no way in hell we're going to get her interested in what I want to do or what I like to do. And that is absolutely the case.
4: No interest in the slightest.
3: None. None. Doesn't understand it usually pisses her off. So you know, you just kind of go. And you do what you can do. And you keep right. that positive bank. You keep that positive. Uh, what is it? The marriage account in the in the in the green or the black.
4: You don't want to overdraw it. Now, you see myself. I mean, we got a joint account, man. It's it's pretty wild. I married you know I, I converted my wife to a gamer, so you're lucky. I am very lucky. I got it when she was young. So that's a secret. You get them when they're young and in college, still impressionable. <laughs> that's when you do it. You know, and pretty soon you're like, hey, you know, this gaming thing is pretty cool. You should try it. You know, hey, you know, this laundry, it ain't getting done. You should really try and wash it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just subliminal messages. But they, but yeah, okay, okay, okay. All right. I'm lying in bed. This is This is BS, okay, because it goes both ways. I'm lying in bed. Last night. Yeah. On the verge of being sick. I'm shivering, I'm shaking. All right, my wife is very very cold as well. And we're lying in bed, cuddling, huddling, shaking, shivering. And
3: oh, she turns, it sounds me, like a goes, closed bivouac. Okay. Yes, go ahead.
4: And she turns to me and she goes, "I'm
3: cold."
4: And I didn't even hesitate. I I, I threw off my covers, put my feet down on the cold floor. Entered the the wilds of the cold house and walked over to the thermostat and turned it up five degrees. And then I got back into bed. Now,
3: you're a freaking man. Wow. Wh-
4: why? Why? Why did why did that happen? What? What is what is this power that she has? I mean, over me to, to make me do something. Else? I mean, she didn't ask did to ask me to do it. She just said, I'm cold. And that's, that's... and I just did it.
3: Dude, that is the protector in all of us. In all, the yeah, g- but
4: I didn't used to do it. I mean, like when we first started dating and stuff, you know, and I was a real punk. I'd be like, "Yeah, hey, you cold? I'd be like, go turn up the air, turn on you damn self." Uh. But now, you know, it's just, yeah, yeah.
3: That's because you know better.
4: <sighs> yeah, I do. I know. I do. I feel bad, dude. I feel bad that I'm the cause of your doghouseism.
3: Well, you're not the cause. I'm the cause of my own doghouseism. You know. At the end of the day, everybody who's a naysayer and says, oh, it's not your fault, whatever, it is my freaking fault. I made the choice to stay. Everything's about choices, right, you know?
4: Supposedly.
3: Yeah. So, you know, I don't know that I really want to talk about marriages on the end of a Star Wars podcast, but it brings up a greater point, something that I think we could probably make an entire show out of is making sure that your significant other... You know, how is it that you keep that gaming account or that marriage account in the black so you can do your gaming and pull off your relationship all at the same time? And one of those things is, um, uh, or one of those articles I think was a four-page article in some magazine that somebody referenced, and so, hell, I think we could probably do a whole show just on avoiding the wife aggro while gaming.
4: Or the significant other aggro. Yeah,
3: the significant other aggro. For all you alternate lifestyle guys. Great, you know, we don't want your partners to get mad at you either, so.
4: Well, there's also people that are just not married yet, too.
3: Oh, sorry, yeah, those two.
4: <laughs> now, I got a question, though, and I really want to know this, and you guys can get on the forums and post it. I want to know how many people who listen to this podcast are single and have been that way for some time. This will help determine whether or not we do a show on this topic that could potentially be beneficial to certain people or not. Yeah, I that, maybe not an entire show on it, but maybe like a docking bay or something. I don't.
3: Yeah, no, I think that would be ideal if we could possibly, uh, if we could possibly do that. I don't know. We'll have to start a forum thread or something. Uh, ah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and by the way, I'm going to combine the order six, order sixty six requests, order sixty six discussion, R F H request or you know discussion. I'm going to combine them since we're going to have six podcasts here in a matter of weeks. Uh, we're just going to have one. Forum for every podcast. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Yeah, so it's gonna be cool. In fact, um, I'm going to uh, chat room. Hello, chat room. Uh, Fiddleback in particular, Mister Fiddleback, sir. Please, uh, please indicate whether you are on Skype right now at this moment and available. Which he might be. You never know.
4: Yeah, he may maybe. You never, never know.
3: Do I have control of the Skype, or do you have control of the Skype?
4: You called me, buddy.
3: Oh, I think I do. I believe I do. So,
4: uh, single meaning you're not seeing anyone on a regular basis, Strider? Single meaning you're not
3: uh Yeah, no significant other right now. No no girlfriend, no especially, I mean, I would say, dang. I mean, I would say if you if you're living with somebody or you are married, you are most definitely the demographic that we're going to shoot at when we're talking about this show. We don't want to alienate half our audience either, so you know. We yeah, not do it, yeah. yeah. So, no.
4: Fiddleback, yeah, fiddle he's asking who's a what now? Uh, are, are you on Skype at this point in time? Basically,
3: we want to bring you on the show, Fiddleback. Yeah. And so maybe he'll say yes, maybe he'll say no, because there's a six or seven second delay. So, so okay. being a blank counts as being single. Ooh, mercy.
4: Oh, mercy, mercy. So, I'm curious to know what the uh, chat room thinks the uh, title of of this particular episode should be.
3: Oh, yeah. Hey, there we go. We can start soliciting titles. That's a perfectly Mm -hmm. good. Very nice. What did we, um... hmm, the meat of the show was about upgrades. Weapon upgrades.
4: Weapon upgrades, yes. Well, no, universal upgrades, actually.
3: Okay.
4: I don't know. Uh... Pimp my bowcaster. That's pretty good. Oh, my gosh. We're just going to have to kill you.
3: That's awesome. Pimp my bowcaster.
4: Pimp my bowcaster. Dude,
3: that's pretty good. Pimp my bowcaster. Upgrade my universe. Uh Uh-oh. Are
5: you you there, sir? Are you there, Fiddleback? Fiddleback. Uh, There. Are you there? Hey, what's going on? Not much. I'm listening to you guys.
3: Of course you are. But here's why I brought you on the show. So you can pimp your podcast.
5: Oh, okay. Uh, how would you like me to pimp it? Do you want it with the extra bells and the whistles or just a straight-up long-ride you know, pimp style? Never mind. Anyway, um, basically what it is is going to be uh, a sort of uh, gaming-related podcast covering board games, card games, uh, some video games here and there, the occasional offbeat RPG, that kind of thing. That sounds cool cool to me.
3: What's your first cast going to be
4: covering? Freaking awesome to me.
5: Well, I, th- I think what we're going to do, and this is a little-known secret of uh, gaming history here, is both myself and the guy I'm doing it with used to own game stores. Different game stores, not the same one. You're an FLGS owner, former owner? I am. Dude, that's even better! Yeah, I'm like the coolest guy in the world. Heck yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so we thought maybe with show Zero we would, uh, as our test run, we would kind of talk a little bit about ourselves and our background and, and what we do.
3: Hey, that's a good primer.
5: Yeah, you know, just kind of get everybody familiar with us. That way we don't sound yeah. like total blithering idiots when we start talking. We, somebody has an idea that we know something.
3: Wow, where was your gaming store?
5: Uh, my gaming store was here in the town in which I live.
3: Oh, okay.
5: Oh, that town, yeah, I've been there. Yeah, yeah
3: I've been there too. <laughs>
5: Uh, yeah, Central Point, Oregon, for, for those who just are dying to know.
3: Yes, indeed. I've been there.
5: Seriously? No. I've been to no. Portland. Cool. Everybody's been to Portland. Yeah. Nobody comes to this end of the state.
3: Well, you know, it's... it's uh, well, you know, it's that end of the it's, state. It's, what, what is it, like, just about bordering uh, Idaho?
5: Uh, no, actually, we're, we're in the southern bit. We're about, uh, I could drive for about 35, 40 minutes and be in California.
3: Oh, okay, you're down on this. Okay, okay, I got
0: you.
4: Got
5: you, got you. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to try that and see how things go.
3: So have you ever played Ice House?
5: Um, You know, it's funny you should ask that because I have, and maybe you can hear this. Maybe not. Right here in my hot little hands, I have a set of Ice House pyramids.
3: you got to be kidding me. That is hilarious. (laughs) Totally. We love Ice
5: House. They're orange. Orange. You
3: don't have orange ones, do you?
4: Chris? Nope, nope. I got. I've only got. Um,
3: You've got the rainbow of fruit flavors.
4: Ah, uh, kind of. I had to search high and low because they don't make individual. Um, yeah. Individual stashes anymore. And I actually have a little carrying case here. I have blue, green, yellow, and purple ice house pieces. Awesome. And they are um, fantastic. And uh, um, right. I also have some some black ones elsewhere and some gray volcano caps for when I play volcano.
3: Dude, oh, cool. yeah, if you ever need help, dude, we play, like, Ice House, and we play, um, what, Hive is the one we've started playing here lately. Yeah,
4: I got Hive not too long ago. That's a fun little strategy game. It's quick and easy to take with you and very fun.
5: Those look good. Um, you know, there's, an, there's a, uh, an expansion for Hive out called the Mosquito.
4: Mosquito, yes, yes. I can't find it or anything anywhere. I've asked my FLGS to order it, and they said they would, but it's not coming in. I don't know.
5: Yeah. So we're we're gonna yeah we're gonna cover a wide range of things. I mean, I got I got like a I might have mentioned at some other point. I in my house, my tiny little apartment, I have something like two hundred different board games.
3: Holy, oh my gosh! Yeah. I was about and, to I was about to utter nice. a bad word.
5: We we won't even talk about how many RPGs and different things I've got. I've probably got another, I don't know, sixty or seventy different sets of RPG rules and various bits of collectible <laughs> card games and stuff. <laughs>
3: My gosh, are you okay? I gotta pull the curtain back on the chat room. Strider says he's out to go service his girl. And <coughs> old school comes up with how many upgrade slots does she have? <laughs>
4: oh yeah. Hey. Check yourself before you wreck yourself.
3: Uh, wow. <laughs> that's <good. laughs> Dude, that's great.
4: Yeah. Wowser. Anyway.
5: Yeah, that's that's what we're looking at doing. We're kind of you know tomorrow nights we're we're gonna give it our test run, and if it works well, we'll post it up to the site. If it if it sounds like a couple of chickens without any heads, then we might refine it just a little bit.
4: All right. Well, it will. It, I mean, good God, listen to our
5: first podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I won't have the advantage of of uh, of the uh, calls from the dark side right off the bat.
3: Oh, that's a that's a distinct disadvantage, sir. <laughs> I'd like a kung pao chicken.
5: Yeah. Problem is, I still, I'm still working in the process of working on all the, all the audio bits and everything that we're going to need. That's, that's why I didn't have a bit for today's, uh, today's podcast. Oh,
3: yeah. Not a problem. Not a problem. I'll send you the D20 opener with all that, you know, when you're moving around the radio dial and all that. Awesome. Yep. I know you, you asked for that and I hadn't sent it to you. So I'll send it to you after the show and all that good stuff. Cool beans. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, fiddle back. Creator of "Game On," the newest podcast to hit D20 Radio. Oh Lord, thanks, guys. <laughs> I think Chris is about to do something stupid, or maybe not. No, nothing. I hear the breathing, but I don't hear any. I don't hear any actual talking. I did
1: not to talk you, fool. See, there you go. How dare
5: you question me? Now, I wish to order some kung pao chicken. <laughs> See, there you go. We have no kung pao chicken for you. <laughs> Do
1: the <you know> work. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs>
3: Mr. Vedal.
5: What's with I'm Darth
3: Vader. I come from the planet Vulcan. I'm going to melt your brain. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I remember Come that, McFly. Tray, I, tell me if I need a <sighs> Oh, I think we're just going to cut GM Chris off the show.
4: <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate <Yeah>. it.
5: <laughs> Appreciate it. No, that's pretty man. good.
3: All right. Fiddleback, thank you for joining us, sir. We'll look forward to your first episode.
5: Thank you for having me, sir. All right, man. Take care. Thanks, right. Fiddleback.
3: And away he goes out in, back into the intertubes from whence well, he came.
4: Away I go, Dave. I, I I am I am ill, and I need to get to bed.
3: I know you're sick. Thank you for taking as much time as you did. So, hey, of course, brother. And of again, course. we shall say, Gamer Nation, keep those dice rolling.